welcome to Making Comics, a podcast exploring the comics process from two different perspectives. I'm Keith Foster, a managing partner of Invader Comics and the writer of both Kadoja and Three Protectors. And I'm Scott Loss, the creator and artist of The Second Shift and Wanders Melisandre for the Accidental Aliens. Yeah, and hey, it's a surplus of bullshit, so we're... 100% bullshit right now. Also, you are hiding behind a beer bottle right now. Are you trying to, like, be incognito? <laughs> the That's way right. Scott's... That's how much bullshit's around here. It's just like, I gotta hide from it. I gotta hide from this, this heavy dose of bullshit. So, as you know from the title of this episode by now, this is a bonus episode. It is an all-bullshit episode. And the reason is because Scott was nice enough. I sent him a text uh, earlier today, and I said, hey, man... Because the Aubrey episode just sort of was its own thing, and we didn't really do our usual doses of bullshit, um, I have I just have a fucking surplus of bullshit. So we need to empty out the surplus, because my ability to produce bullshit is quite high. So I'm not yeah. worried about getting some more for the next episode. Um, and ne- if you're uh, playing episode. a game out there, you can take a shot every time Keith has said bullshit so far in this yeah. intro. And oh, you, you will be have... nice and hammered, yeah. and it's going to be the perfect episode for you to be hammered, because we're just going to be talking shit the whole time. That's that's it. That's exactly it. So, uh, so yeah, you you obliged, and let's talk about what you're drinking, man. What are you drinking? Okay, so my girlfriend uh, did her, uh, uh, what do you call it, Trader Joe's run for me there, and she got me Cracking Clapper Barrel Wine Ale with Caramel Malts and Cascade Hops. And it said notes of toffee, raisin, and grapefruit. And it is a 9%. So it's going to be a very fun episode. It's a very loose episode. So this is a perfect beer for that type. But it's a barley wine, right? It is. is that yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, have you had it yet? I have not. Let's, let's Why don't you let give that a try, get please? Get the sip right here. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not mad at it. Mm. Not mad at it. I'm not a barley wine fan. So, uh, so yeah. Well, good. You can, yeah, you, I'm okay. I'm okay with this. On that bad boy, you can step on that bad boy. Mm-hmm. All right. So for me, again, because I have so much stuff to catch up on here, uh, this is Southern Girl Blonde Ale by Sycamore. It is a Charlotte brewery. Here, you want to take the photo, uh, just like that. Yeah. So I got this in Charlotte. My most recent trip was Charlotte, and a lot of what we'll talk about today, at least what I'm going to talk about today, uh, is about the last couple trips I've been on, because it's been a bunch of weekends away, and it's been a little chaotic for both uh, my life and my podcast schedule, but uh, now we're back to normal, and again, we've just had this, I just have this surplus of stuff that I want to talk about, because otherwise I feel like we're just going to lose it, so why not, why not put a bonus episode out there? So, would you like to go first? Or you want me to go first? Man? No, go ahead, go first, man. I think I only have a couple of things, but I'm very interested to hear what's going on with you and just bounce off of you. Cool. All right. So let's let's do it. So the thing about this is, I think what we're going to see is that there is a a bit of a one thing a few weeks ago sort of begets other things in the future. So let's actually the the I'll I'll save the the first kind of chronological thing I guess for later. So uh, for, for those of you scoring at home, I have done three straight weekends away. I did Houston, Texas to visit my buddy Mark and, uh, and also do some other things there, hit some comic shops, etc. Then the week after, I did Vegas. That was when my family did the BTS concert and I did other stuff. And then uh, last weekend just now, that was Charlotte for a fencing competition. So where we're going to start is with uh, the Vegas comic shopping, which was, which was pretty cool. Um, all I did for Vegas was I sort of retraced a lot of your steps. I did um, alternate reality comics. That was the first place I went. And I got some really good books there, man. Um, you would you would hit me to that one and you would hit me to another place called Cosmic Comics. So alternate reality was was my favorite of the two. Now, the interesting thing is it's a alternate reality is a big store with a ton of space devoted to new books. They have a couple shelves kind of in the back left corner where they have back issues, but most of those back issues are either $1, $2 or 50 cents. I believe the way they do it is there's a there's a small dollar there's there's a pretty large wall o dollar books. There's a large wall o $2 books. And then they also have a bunch of bins of five and up, right? Where they put just all kinds of other stuff. And then in the middle, they sort of have areas of 50 cent books. So when you go to a place like that, what's interesting is it's not very alphabetized in terms of the issues. So you find yourself looking through everything, which is sort of a treat, you know, because 
when you go to a place like SoCal Comics, it's so big, you know, and a lot of these places with bins, what do you do when you go into a comic shop with bins? You go to your list. And what I really like about alternate reality is you kind of don't have a list anymore. You're just forced to look through everything. And by doing that, you come across some really cool stuff. And uh, it turned out that Vegas was the city of Firestorm because Ah. I had mentioned before that around episode 75, I felt that Firestorm was getting pretty good. And at Vegas, I believe I closed out something like 81 to 100 when it was all said and done. I think in alternate reality, I went from like 81 to 99. They had them all. And what was cool was I found them in the $2 bin. I'm like, oh, my God, here's this nice little piece of Firestorm. You know, like nobody really cares about this run. It's it's not valuable, but I, I heard it was good and I think it's good. I've read a couple issues and thought it was pretty decent. And uh, And then I found them all again in the $1 bin. So oh. that was that was particularly sweet. You know, the the condition was slightly less and not every single one of them was in the one dollar bin. But, you know, we're talking about 20 comics here and I probably ended up paying like 24 bucks for those 20 comics because nice. just a few of them were two dollars and almost everything else was was one, which was super cool. Um I may have found one or two for you, but I don't think so there. Actually, you I found think that's one where... um, Oblivion song 50 yeah. in the 50 cent bin. Okay, good. I'm glad you remember that because I sure as shit didn't. Uh, oh, I know. It was I had found you the Savage Dragons in Houston. That's why I was, yes. I was trying to figure out where I got you the Savage Dragons, and it was in Houston. So yeah, it's um, great when you hit, hit me to the Savage Dragon ones, man. Like it's doing some serious damage to my list because I don't do as much traveling as you. So the fact that you're getting around to my list more than I am, especially for that title, it's pretty awesome. So and yeah. they're all relatively close to cover price. I think. When you yeah. send them over to me, it's just like 50 cents over, maybe a mm-hmm. dollar over at most. So it's uh, a yeah. pretty killer. Yeah. And, you know, inflation works wonders there, too, because you can have some of these older comics that are four or five bucks and we don't even blink at that anymore because cover oh, yeah. price used to be 150 or two. So they've marked it up 100 percent, but we don't care because comics are four and five bucks now. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's exactly. invisible to current spending levels, you know. Um, but yeah, and, and the nice thing about Savage Dragon is it's the book that I find the most when I'm out hunting with your lists. And by the way, I'm sure you figured out Charlotte didn't have anything for you. Oh yeah, it was yeah. kind of weird. I didn't hear I didn't hear anything back, but um, yeah, it figured as much. Nothing, brother. It was it was kind of wild, but uh, but we'll get to that. So uh, anyway, so alternate reality was great. I ended up getting a nice nice stack of books, like, I don't know, two, two three inches worth of comics there, most of them Firestorm. And then after that, I went to Cosmic Comics. And I got to say, Cosmic was a little disappointing. You know? Let me let me uh, jump in there before you switch comic shops. So yeah, yeah. alternate reality was really awesome. Uh, the local or the comic shop owner, his name is Ralph, and he was really cool. He was uh, pricing some new books when or books that he just got in when we went. And we started talking to him. He asked where we were from and said what our local comic shop, asked what our local comic shop was. And he goes, oh, Jamie's shop, which is, uh, you know, SoCal Comics. And I was like, oh, you know Jamie? Because I've known him for years. So it was super cool just chopping it up about Jamie and, you know, their relationship. And um, one of the books he was chopping up, or one of the books he was pricing that he just got was uh, Uncanny X-Men 50, I believe. I believe it was 50, the first appearance of Polaris. And so I said, hey, man, um, I hate to bug you, but do you know how much you're going to be, you know, how much this book is, you know, how much you're going to charge for it? And he said, you know, I'm doing these ones, but I'll, I'll do that one next. I said, OK, thanks. And he came back and he goes, ah, it's it's pretty damaged right here. It had like a crease in the spine, like a pretty heavy crease in the spine. And he said, uh, 50 bucks. And I said, okay, uh, can I check it out? And so he handed it to me and he went, went about his way. And, um, I looked it up super quick on eBay just to see what the going rate was. Cause I have a list of mm-hmm. X-Men like, um, uh, key issues that I was looking for. And so I looked it up and it was roughly around that price when I looked, when I put it on the list, which was a 2017. Mm-hmm. And I went there last year. And since then the book had increased uh, to 200 bucks. So I said, yeah, man, I'll be taking this book because yeah. <laughs> it was a $200 book that was marked at uh, 2017 prices. So I was pretty happy about that. So it was That's a great nice. get. And um, I had a stack that was like, oh man, I think I spent a few hundred dollars there. Like when mm-hmm. I went, the 50 cent bins and dollar bins were well, well supplied at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I found a lot of good stuff for me and I ended up you know, spend about 150 bucks, I think, when it was all said and done. I spent a few $10 there. 
<laughs> right on. Not hundreds, but tens. Um, so yeah, no, but it was it was a good shop. And and then so then Cosmic Comics or Cosmic Corner, I can't remember which one. You know, sometimes there's just a vibe about comic shops, and it was probably bad timing. But and by the way, Ralph was not there when I went to. Uh, oh, okay. One. It was it was the main uh, kind of you know second in command guy. Okay. Because Ralph Ralph wasn't in, but um. But yeah, I was I was like either the only customer or the only customer shopping because there were like three employees standing around and they were talking to like either another employee or like a Uber fan, you know, that was just there. And I don't know, it was just like nerd conversation. And, you know, it's, it's sometimes it's these little things where like they sort of don't acknowledge you or they acknowledge you and get back to the thing. And the books were fine, but not great. So I ended up spending like 10 bucks in that second one. You oh, know? wow. They did Damn, have Firestorm. I'm sorry, yeah. you must have went, yeah, like you were right, I think, with your first uh, statement there. It must have just been an off time because when I went, it was killer. Like, the employees mm-hmm. were super nice. They were having nerd conversations. But uh, when they saw me, they were like, hey, just let us know if you need anything. And yeah, and um, yeah. when I checked out the, the cashier, she was super nice and friendly. And she was talking to me about the books I bought and, mm. you know, just super cool. And was like, I've never read this. Is this any good? And I was like, oh, I'm trying it out. So, okay. um, you know, yeah, it was just a nice conversation. I found some nice killer uh uh, incre- or invincible back issues there. Mm-hmm. Some first appearances that they had not marked up yet. Like since mm-hmm. the the animated series was taking off and it was increasing all of the numbers for all of the books, like the prices, and they hadn't marked them up yet. And so I was like, yoink, let me get these before they realize these should be priced way higher than they were. Nice. So, um, and they had a few, did they have dollar bins when you went? Because I ha- there was about, I think yes. four or five, like right... Yep. Uh, in the head. front okay cool mm-hmm. yeah and they were okay i found a couple interesting books there but like five five books something like that um and it's not that they weren't they were rude or anything or standoffish it's just i don't know i didn't i didn't maybe i was just in the wrong place but i do know that they didn't really have anything i was looking for either or they did and it was high priced i can't remember which one it was i think it may have been more of the second where i, I saw it i was like ooh, that's a, that's a pretty high looking price there I think yeah. I'll pass on this they, you know like yeah a lot of the um they had a ton of books on the wall Mm-hmm. And uh, something that my buddy Death goes there for is the blank covers. So they have like an overabundance of blank covers there. So that's like one of their hot ticket items that they always sell. And uh, yeah, they had some nice stuff on the, along the walls, but it wasn't. I was looking at the prices. I was just like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, enjoying the covers that I did see there. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. So anyway, that was that was thing number one. Um, to stay in in Vegas again. This is review for you, Scott, but. You know, because I was there with my family and talking shit about BTS, as people from the East Coast tend to do, right? I just talk shit, sort of what I do. Um, And I I don't know. I I think I did something. And I was just like, you know what, man? I'm sort of tired of this. I think I'm over talking shit about BTS. So uh, let them live, you know? And, uh, And then what I did was I said, okay, I need to incentivize myself to not talk junk about BTS. How am I going to do it? I'm going to buy myself a comic if I don't do it all weekend. And so I, I then I had to figure out, well, what amount is the right amount for a comic for me to buy? And the amount I arrived at was between $100 and $120. Oh, nice. That, that's what it was going to take. If it was $10, i would pissed it away. I'd have just been like, nah, I want to, I want to be salty. You know, like, like, but... But at that price, it's enough of an incentive for me to be like, oh, you go treat yourself, son. You know, all you have to do. And the second I set on that that price, I was like, I'm totally going to do this, you know. And then it became a running joke. I even told my family. I'm like, look, here's your, just so you know, I'm bribing myself just so I don't do this. And like there was one part where they said something. I went. Uh, and I kind of pointed at him and I was just like, oh, I almost I almost threw that hundred dollars away just now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like that kind of thing, but I didn't. So, uh, so anyway, so yeah, that was, it was nice, so, you know, but the, in a way you're kind of talking shit without talking shit though, when you do but that, that's okay. But that's, that's oh, is it? different. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not talking be- because you don't know what the thing is. I you see. know what I mean? Like I, I, you're right in that it's sort of like a half step, yeah. but the point is I didn't really say anything. I just kind of went like, hmm? nope, nope. And, and also the, the, the road to changing any kind of behavior. When you change a behavior, it, you Baby always, steps. yeah. Well, and and you you'll always have this initial period where you have to acknowledge it. You have to call it out so that you don't do it. And so that's what that was. It was the part where I call it out. After that, it was breezy. You know, by by four hours in, it was a breeze. So uh, so anyway, so I just kind of you know tabled that and uh, and and 
had a certain comic I was looking for, but then I decided against it. And, um, and here's the reason. So the comic that I thought I was going to settle on was Star Wars, the original Marvel series, number 42. Do you know the significance of that one? Is that the first appearance of Boba Fett? It is. That is correct. First appearance of Boba Fett. Well done. And by the way, people, people who were, who weren't drinking at the initial part have now doubled down on this. <laughs> um, but here's, here's why I stuck on it. And I thought the same because I, I was looking at some Transformers comics and I was thinking the same thing. Why, why do first appearances of other media properties in comics feel stupid? They do to me. They do to me. You mean like, like licensed product? Yes. Like uh, Transformers? Like, like that is, that, Star Wars 42 is not Boba Fett's first appearance, okay? Boba Fett's first appearance is on the Star Wars Holiday Special. Technically, but you can't collect that, you know, Boba Fett's real first appearance is Star Wars, the Empire Strikes Back, right? But you can't collect that either. But then Boba Fett got put in a comic that was like the movie adaptation and all of a sudden it becomes the first appearance of Boba Fett. Like that just seems strange to me. So did, oh wait, no, the the comic books were coming out before the movie was released, right? Because the first issue it had... Like Chewbacca really didn't look like Chewbacca, Yoda didn't look like Yoda, stuff like that, right? Is that right? Uh, I know what you're talking about. You're talking about that artist edition that Gary got, but I'm not sure how that one works. I think that was the first adaptation, although that wouldn't make sense either because Yoda no, was in the second um, movie. No, they started the... So if you... I think if you... And I could be wrong, but I don't think I am in this instance. The artists that were... So Marvel got the license to do Star Wars. Yeah. Um, Star Wars was not released yet. They were very tight with the the script of the movie. They were not leaking it, letting it out anywhere. Mm-hmm. And they would give Marvel kind of notes on what the characters look like. But that was about it. They would not release the script to them or or any kind of or no, I think maybe they let them have the script, but they didn't give them any photos. They refused mm-hmm. to put any photos out. So Chewbacca does not look like himself. Yoda doesn't look like himself because it was before they got any reference material. But. I believe they had connections inside of Lucasfilms and they eventually got some leak stuff. They were able to leak some stuff stuff out to Marvel and then they were able to get more accurate uh, depictions of what the characters look like. Okay. Yeah, I mean that'll that'll make sense and that's kind of interesting. It, it's 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 not just kind of interesting, it is interesting. But for me it just seems weird that like, I mean, I I would like to have that comic, but not for the price it is. Not for like a comic first appearance that's really more of a pop culture first appearance. What's uh what's it going for? I mean if you want if you you mean if you want it like a five it's gotta be two hundred bucks. Maybe more than that. Oh wow. For a five. Well, Harley you, you Quinn, can buy you can buy a piece of crap for less than that, you know, but hmm. Harley Quinn's first appearance. Um so this was interesting. So I definitely had a pull list at the time when Harley first appeared in the comics. I was going every week. And there's two first appearances. There's yeah. one, the Batman, the animated series comic book. Yeah. And there is a DC canon first appearance of Harley Quinn. It's um the Joker. It's Alex or no, it's it's called Harley Quinn. It's a perfect bound book. It's Joker and Harley on the cover. I believe it's an Alex Ross colored cover uh, or drawn and colored and painted. And so I picked that book up. I was like, well, the other one's just a just a representation of the co- of the cartoon so that's not going to be worth anything so yeah. i didn't buy it no i was wrong that's oh, i know how one. this one goes yeah that's exactly. the one that's worth a lot of money and then the one that i have it's worth something i think it's worth about 50 bucks or something yeah. like that because it is the dcu and yeah. like technically her first appearance but um comic fans go based off of release date so the mm-hmm. animated series was the one that came out i don't even think a month before i think it was like a few weeks before that one so that yeah. one's technic technically the first appearance yeah i can't remember if it's like it's like batman adventures 7 or 12 or something like that yeah something it's along early, those lines early yep. on in those runs and then there's batman mad love which is not the first appearance but that one was one that that was the one that i bought a bunch of copies of and sold them for a neat profit at the time uh but you of know, 20 dollars of 20 dollars exactly yes. but uh i mean i paid one so i don't feel too bad for it but that one could have become you know 90 instead of 20 basically but that's okay. could have 199 profit because i think yeah. that's about a 200 plus book so is it 
Yeah. I, I thought it was less than that, but no, yeah, maybe, man, maybe, no, okay. that one's crazy expensive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, again, this is this is why I don't get rid hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah, this is, hindsight's this is, twenty twenty. You can't kick yourself because no. you made a profit of nineteen dollars per issue. Yeah. compared to what you would make now i mean like i do that sometimes and i'm like you know it's just not healthy to do that yeah because then you just become a hoarder and you refuse to let anything go totally uh, in the hopes that you know it's going to be something one day yeah and we've also talked about the time value of money that's also not fair because i made 19 dollars in you know 1995 per issue and yeah i could have stayed or yeah i could have kept that around until you know 2017 but money got you know more expensive from 1995 to 2017. And you have to factor that into, you know. Uh, yeah. So anyway, mm-hmm. but anyway, um, so yeah. So I ended up not getting a comic at the time. I was just like, I'm not feeling anything. I'll just I'll just table it for later, right? So um, so then then the reason uh, shit started to get shit started to accelerate. <laughs> after after Vegas, right? And uh, but first, I do want to mention I, I I'm looking at my notes right now, and I have a couple just really stupid things. Okay, one of the really stupid things not related to comics is like when when did people stop listening to shit on their phones through earphones? Like, can we can we reverse that? Like, that's my biggest public service. It annoys the shit out of me when people have audio on their phones play out loud on purpose. You know, it's like they're watching some video and it's just some loud ass thing or they're listening to a song and they are not using headphones and the goddamn phone is just blaring it. It's the equivalent of blasting your music um, while you're driving your car. Yeah. So it's just like, hey, look at me. I'm important. Um, You guys all care what I'm listening to. So I'm going to let you listen to it. Right. It's like, no, no, you're not important. No one cares. And if anything... You're bothering a lot of people. Yeah. Turn turn that off. Turn right. that off. I, I bet, again, all, all I remember is one time I was on a train in Jersey and, and I accidentally, for one second, had something play out loud before I stopped it. And in that one second, the guy in the train seat behind me tapped me on the shoulder. He's like, turn that off. <laughs> and he was just like a 50-something businessman with his wife. You know, yeah. he was just like, yeah, the East Coast does not stand for that shit. You know, and uh, and I love them for it, incidentally. But right. So so in, in my you know, alternate, uh, I, I would not have reacted so great. I don't think. Well, it's all, the, all on the demeanor, really. It's all on the place and the time and all of that, because I would be annoyed because it was an accident for me and I was already embarrassed. Yeah, because that's my reaction when I do the same thing. I'm like, oh, sorry, sorry. You know, it's yeah, just exactly. like it's like, no, no, no. I don't need you to touch me to tell me yeah. that it's stupid. I'm I'm not a stupid person. I'm I don't want to play this out loud for everyone to hear. That's not what yeah. I'm doing. Exactly. Um, but there are also times where I just be, oh yeah, nope, nope. I'm with you. You know, yeah, but that's, I uh, I just I just wave to him. I'm like, I got it. Don't don't you worry, buddy. <laughs> um, so anyway, so that was that was random thing number one. By the way, something I have considered doing, if someone is like at a McDonald's or whatever and they're doing it. I'm really tempted to do this. I'm really tempted if they don't turn their shit off to just queue up. Oh, I don't know. Cannibal corpse. Cannibal corpse. Loud as possible. And then just sit it on the, on the, on the table and face the guy and have him hear my fucking thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, oh, since we're playing shit out loud, I'm going to play really abrasive death metal. You know, like. <laughs> I'm sure it's not your thing. So yeah. this is what we're doing. Yeah, this is what we're doing. Apparently, we're just going to play stuff out loud that we should listen to through headphones. Now, that's inner Keith. I'm, I've never done it, but I have been tempted. It's it's the way that I kind of deal with it in my brain as it's happening, you know. Um, so anyway, the wheels the wheels really started to come off a little bit. And I'm trying to think what prompted this. I, I, I can't remember what prompted this, but I was talking to someone. I was talking to a friend, and I was talking about puzzles and riddles and stuff like that. And it reminded me that Wired Magazine, which I subscribed to back like 2007 through 2011 or something like that. You know, it was one of those typical subscribe for a dollar per month because all they really want is the subscriber base and to sell the ads. And um, there was this issue and it was guest co-edited by J.J. Abrams back when he actually like made good stuff no i mean i i you know, i i don't know i'm not a big fan of the star wars star trek stuff of his but you know that's that's just one man's opinion um but, it is because but, i enjoyed it heavily go yeah, on yeah um but you know this is more of jj abrams in like prime lost hype you know uh season it's like season two of lost not season yeah. five of lost i was he, like that wasn't a great example yeah yeah <laughs> 
Yeah. The last yeah. season was a train wreck. I mean, the last few seasons were train wrecks. And well, the writer's strike killed it. After <sighs> yeah. you know, it was it was like whenever that the flash forward episode is. I think that was the final episode before the writer's strike, and then it just took three years off, and then came back, and it was just all prolonged, awful middle, and everybody had guessed the ending correctly. It was like, no, 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 you didn't guess the ending, and then the ending comes, and it's like, yeah, everybody totally guessed the ending, <laughs> you know. But um, anyway, so it was it was really a cool episode because it had all kinds of stuff on puzzles. It had this article on inception about like what the meanings are it had all the little things he was trying to do in some of his star trek movies i think the first star trek movie had come out at the time and um and it was just really an interesting thing it was they had articles on like a a book a house where a person like created puzzles you can solve to unlock a secret room you know all this crazy stuff right and uh and i really wanted that issue again and I was like, okay, yeah, let me let me dig out this issue. First of all, let me check my collection to see if I have it. I don't, because of course I don't, because I gave it away. <laughs> um, but but this magazine is a great example sometimes of those things. And I know I know you have them. I know I have them. Sometimes they're like records like this or comics like this. Like there is this realm of collectible items where like a comic might be eight bucks, okay, just to give an example, or an album record might be like 15 or something like that, and you can't find it. You know what I mean? Like it's only $8. You should be able to find this comic with no problem, but you can't because it's just not around, you know? And uh, and that's what this damn magazine turned out to be. It turned out that just enough people have it that it's not for sale anywhere, and it's not popular enough for it to be a collectible where people have jacked up the price. So after tons of research, I finally found it and bought it as part of a four issue lot where I ended up paying like, I don't know, seven bucks an issue or something like that. Like, you know, again, an overpay, but not an overpay compared to current stuff. And uh, hopefully it'll show up one of these days. I had to buy it from the UK because they're the only one who had it. But I just thought it was really interesting because I have had that happen before with comics or with records, where by the book value, it's it's not much. And yet it doesn't seem to exist anywhere and you just can't get a hold of it. Yeah, that's me with the John Wall ones. Um, mm. I, you and I have talked about this. Yeah. I love the John Wall One shoe. It is a beautiful shoe. It's very comfortable. I really enjoy the shape, the look of it, the colorways that they had of it. Um, everything about it, I loved it. Just comfortable shoe. It is not. It is not a highly desired shoe that I know of because every time I've seen it online, it's not crazy expensive. But you just can't find them online anymore. Um, I think they were around for like five, eight, nine years or something. Uh, you can get them for under what they cost, under retail. And when I finally wanted to grab another pair, of course they were gone. You just can't find them anymore. It's not mm-hmm. a it's not a Kobe collectible shoe like all of his shoes have become because of the uh, dispute on if Vanessa Bryant was going to continue. That has been settled since then. Yeah. But... You know, those all just increased in price. But unfortunately, John Wallstar has fallen, so his shoe is not desirable. But man, they are desirable to wear for me. And it's just one of those things where you just can't find them anymore, and um, they're gone, and you just got to deal with it. And, you know, just keep watching that watch list, and maybe one day some new pairs will pop up, and you'll get it for a reasonable price. Um, But who knows when that day will be. Yeah, I actually have a pair of sneakers like that, too. I hope I get this right. But it was one of the Pippin models. And I believe it was either ah. the, Pippin, the Pippin 3 or the Pippin 4. No I'll, shit. I'll, I'll look it up later. It is a killer-looking shoe. And I remember wearing one of them back in the day and thinking, like, this is so comfortable. It's so dope. It's it's different. You know, all this stuff. Same thing, man. You cannot find it. It just does not exist. They didn't make enough. It never became popular enough. It'll never be retroed or protroed or retroed or any of that stuff. So you're just sort of out, you know. And uh, and yeah, man, it, it it does happen with all kinds of things. And hey, guess what that means? It means you should hoard everything <laughs> because because it feels like that a lot of things we're saying is I guess you should just hoard everything. And I'm not a hoarder, and neither are you. But uh, but boy, you have these couple examples, and you're like, ah, I hate I hate not wanting to get rid of anything. You know, but uh, but because out of every hundred things, you're going to regret giving away three, but 97, you're going to forget even existed, you know, but anyway. Yeah, you know, what? and I'm going to take your advice. You were down um, some months back and we were just talking about 
random stuff when we were talking about uh, all my Kobe shoe collection. And I was in the middle process of putting a lot of the toys that I've collected over the years on eBay, you know, making some dough on those, just kind of clearing the house out because me and my girlfriend were in a two-bedroom condo with three dogs. We just don't have a ton of space. And I was talking about uh, selling my Kobe shoes. And you said, hey, man, why don't you just keep them and just wear them? You know, like when you're ready to rotate out your shoes, rotate in your Kobe's. You love Kobe's. You love the way they feel. You love Kobe himself. So why wouldn't you just keep them? And I was like, you you know, initially I was like, eh, I don't know. I think, you know, at the time the money was more important. But right now, financially, I'm I'm very stable. So I was like, you know what? He's right. I love these shoes. So every shoe that I have that is in my size, I'm going to hold on to and eventually wear. Um, whereas I was a hardcore collector and I was buying shoes that weren't even my size because I wanted to make sure I had a model for every year. Mm. And so there were a few where it was like all there was was a size nine and a half or a 10 or something. And I was like, I can't fit these, but you know what? The price is right. And I just want them for my collection. Mm. And so I think those are the ones that I'm going to let go because yeah, that makes sense. Obviously, I can't wear them, so yeah. might as well make the dough while I can. Um, and honestly, I should have, I should have put them on eBay when I was talking to you about it, because since then, uh, Vanessa Bryant has agreed to re-up the deal with Nike. So I think the value won't be as strong before she had made the deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was an error on my part. So, but um, I'll put them up, you know, and and just kind of move them out of the closet. We're fighting for space anyway. And, um, you know, might as well make a little bit of extra cash and make some fans out, Kobe fans out there happy and that they're able yeah. to get their hands on these things. Those are those are the best things to get rid of because you don't have an all, a, a purpose for them, you know. And I'm glad you I'm glad you did that. You know, I believe if I remember right, part of my logic was your foot size hasn't changed and won't. So you're always going to be able to wear those things, you know. And again, you love Kobe. He's your favorite player of all time. Why wouldn't you just keep all those shoes? I know for me, that's I, I settled on that maybe three, four years ago with all these ones I've put on ice. And I'll just start to break them out as I want to break them out. You know, I've almost worked my th- way through all of them because almost all of them are part of the rotation now. Um, there's one or two more that I have, and they're just too goddamn delicate. I believe I have one. It's like a Jordan 32 gordon street or something like that and anybody who gives a crap i know none of you do but if you did you would know that it's a nice jordan and it's basically cream and it's sort of got a suede thing going on so man can i not wear that on any day where weather is not perfectly sunny and there's no dirt on the ground you know like that is good thing we live in california good thing we live in california um but it's still pretty dusty you know and it's like i that is going to be like prime basketball game pair only that is the only place i can wear those damn things or the mall i guess i could wear them to the mall but the point (laughs) is they're always there my foot size isn't changing and i'll just work through them over the next 10 years and instead of having to buy new sneakers you can just bust out the ones that you've had on ice for all this time and wear those yeah man yeah definitely it's a great advice and i'm definitely going to take it um, I'm going to touch base on something that real quick. So I did, um, so this is like he said, this is a bonus episode, but over the weekend I did San Diego comic fest. Um, I'm going to leave that for the main topic of the next episode, the regular episode. But the thing that I did want to mention, I met up with my buddy, uh, uh, my buddy Tim and we're kind of like in a little comics club. And so if anything comes up, like, so on midtown or something like that, there's some kind of sale. We'll kind of go, hey, did you guys see the sale? And one of us will put the order in and everyone will just go, here's my list of, hey, put these on, you know, the order. And, you know, you send them the links for the books that you want. And then that way you save on shipping. Mm -hmm. Um, So he actually gave me some hardcovers that I had ordered through him like maybe a year ago. And and okay so there was three one was like um i don't have it on me it's actually in another box like so since i did the comic fest i just packed shit i packed it where it fit in um Mm -hmm. so one book i I just it's not somewhere it's like i think it's kagagi or something like that and um i know the guy um you know via social media who created the character so um shout out jay and uh, but there was a couple other ones one was the case book of bryant in may the soho devil so this is a hardcover that i got for five dollars uh same with the kagagi book 
And uh, but this this is a pretty killer looking hardcover because it has a slipcase and everything. Wow. And yeah, so I don't imagine the sales were great, but um, I think the art is interesting. It looks to be all in watercolor, and I just liked the presentation. I was like, you know what, five dollars, I'll take that slipcase hardcover and uh the piece de resistance for the pickup was the tmnt hardcover of the kevin eastman covers between oh, nice. 2011 and 2015 man i wish i would have grabbed multiple copies of this i wish i would have told him hey pick me up five copies of this thing because at five dollars a piece like there's no way you can't make that money back plus so much more yeah. um and I love Kevin Eastman's covers, you know, just his style uh, that he does on the TMNT and anything he does really is pretty badass. So I'm really looking forward to flipping through these books and just checking them out. Nice, man. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, that's 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 really cool stuff. So, um, OK, so to, to, to get back to my my absolute myriad of stuff to just dump out here, I'm now going to go forward to Charlotte and. So the first, yeah, the, so Eden and I took a red eye and then arrived in town, slept it out, was just like wonky all day. And luckily, we, we ended up showing up a day early before the competition. So the first day was a free agent day, catch up on sleep, just do whatever. And so, you know, I woke her up. I, I slept a little bit during the day, but not a ton, did a bunch of stuff and then um, was ready, was ready to go out. So we went to... The biggest shop I understand in Charlotte is called Heroes Aren't Hard to Find. And Heroes Aren't Hard to Find is a pretty well-known shop. It's been around for a very long time. They sponsor a convention there. The, oh, right the, the biggest convention in the city of Charlotte is called Heroes Con, and it's put on by them. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I've yeah. definitely heard of that convention, for sure. Mm-hmm. I have considered doing it, but the problem is, you know, Charlotte, you know, kind of has that double strike of airfare plus hotel plus table. Um, you know, table you're going to pay for at every convention, but when I got the airfare plus the hotel, it's just hard for me to justify it, given the fact that I'm selling indie comics and don't and and really are I'm trying to get rid of prints as well. So went to the shop. Um, it, it's a great shop. I mean, I can see why it's you know the biggest shop in Charlotte. But when I first got in there, I had sticker shock, and uh, boy, there are some books in there that had incredibly high prices. Like they have the display case and they have all this stuff. And just to give you an idea, I saw, I'm pretty sure I saw Secret Wars 8 in there for $450. Oh, shit. That's a really high price for Secret Wars 8. You yes, know, like it is. I paid, I mean, most comic shops are going to have it for somewhere around half of that, unless it's like, I'm not talking about slab books. I'm talking about like not slab, just a book. Um, and I paid way less for my copy of Secret Wars 8, like way less. I looked it up and um, like like a fourth, a fourth of that price, if not less. Um, and so there were a bunch of books like that, like the modern ones. I was like, that is a high price. That is a high price. But there is also this killer selection of comics that they just have kind of off in the side that you can leave through. And it's a lot of older stuff, a lot of cool stuff. So, you know, you never know what you're going to like until you like it. You know, and so I'm digging through and I come across, um, if you want to look this cover up right now, go ahead. Dr. Strange 183, Dr. Strange 183 is this, there's something about the cover, man. The colors are gorgeous and it's the phase where Dr. Strange's face is covered. So it's got this ominous look to it. It's just like really primary blue and red and green and it just works. Um, it has immediately become one of my favorite covers. Out. So anyway, I see Doctor Strange 183. I see the price on it, and I'm like, "That is it." Mm-hmm. And that that picture doesn't even do it justice. It's actually more vivid than that. I can tell by the colors even on your phone through this. It's it's just an amazing looking cover. I love it. Um, and so I I I look at the price, and I'm like, "Well, given how high the prices are on these other books, I'm gonna pass on this, and I'm just gonna you know think it through." So I ended up buying a couple comics there the first day. I got a nice, like, it was a cool, it was like a what if, what if Galactus uh, first came on with the Avengers? So it was like the the cover was a little bit of a riff on Fantastic 449, which was neat. And I, I just grabbed a few books, like $30 worth of books, no big deal. So then I get back and I took photos of the ones that I was going to look up. So I look a lot of them up. And then the night passes. I wake up the next morning and I'm still looking. I'm watching auctions on whatever. I'm like, yeah. So this is going to be where I, I spend part of that treat to myself 
the BTS treat. I'm going to buy some comics here and that's going to be my BTS treat. So I go on eBay, I find a book, I ended up making a, a, an offer on it. They accept the offer. And then I'm like, hey, I should see how much I saved compared to how much it was at that store. I paid more. Oh, no. <laughs> I paid more. <laughs> so I was like, well, God damn it. <laughs> you know, like it turns out that some of these things uh, were actually pretty decently priced considering the condition they were in. So um, I did a couple other things like that, bought a couple other books that were in my head. Again, there's there's a I'm not going to I'm not going to spill it because I still want to try to grab a lot of these things. But there's a certain subgenre of books that I'm really into right now. And uh, and they had some of them there. I ended up getting a few more on auction, etc. How much was so, that Doctor Strange 183? Uh, the one, the one I ended, it, it was, uh, I mean, it was a pretty nice condition. So it was, I ended up putting an offer in for like 44 and change and paid shipping on it and got it for like 51. Okay. The book in heroes aren't hard to find was 45. Oh, so, okay. So yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. it's negligible. It's, it's fine. Negli- it's negligible, but, but I'm not done. I'm not done okay. because okay. I, I, I tell Eden about it. And I'm like, hey, Eden, check this out. Like, check out what a dumbass your stepdad is, right? So I, I do this whole thing, and I say, like, blah, blah, blah. And I say, uh, yeah, it's just sort of weird. Like, I ended up paying more, you know, that kind of thing. And uh, and she was like, she pauses, and she goes like this. So Eden has this way where she'll just put her finger up. Like, she's about to say something. And I'm like, I think I know exactly what she's going to say. And I was right. I was like, you think we should go back to Heroes World aren't hard to find? Heroes aren't hard to find, don't you? And she was like... Yeah. And I was like, you think I should just get that book now? Because I was like, oh, no, I take that back. I think the way it started was I said, well, you know, this book is there and it looks great. Um, and I'm getting the book now. So, I mean, you know, I guess I only paid a few dollars. It was negligible, etc. I didn't I wasn't that eloquent as you with the nice word there. But uh, but then she kind of held her finger up and I could tell she was just hinting that, like, why don't you just go back and get it? And I was like, you think I should go back and get this one, don't you? And she was like, yeah, I mean, it looks really nice. You could have two and sell one, and then you've got it with you. Um, and and I was like, "Do you want to go back to this comic shop again? Is there like an <laughs> is there an ulterior motive?" And she's like, "I do want to go look around, but that's not really the reason I want to go." You know, she's like, "I just think it's smart. You know, you get two and then you sell them, sell one, or you keep it, or something like that." So that's what we did that night. We actually went back. I ended up grabbing it. I ended up grabbing a few more, and now I have two copies of Doctor Strange one eighty three. Both pretty like- nice. Like, how great does that feel that one of your kids is kind of following in your footsteps? Yeah. Like, she's writing comics. She leads a comic club. Yeah. And she's excited to go. She's basically talking you into going back to a comic book store because she also wants to look around. Like, exactly. how fucking cool is that, man? It's very, very, I mean, very cool, obviously. She she really wanted to look at the manga, and manga is what is what really kind of stirs her drink from the comic angle. But manga is just Japanese for comics. So, like, it's not like they're different. They're just comics. It's just the style there. So, um, so right. yeah, we, we, we went back, and uh, I, again, I ended up grabbing a few things and, um, you know, fueled it out. So, I ended up, I ended up spending more than the money I had budgeted myself when it, when it all said and done. But, you know, I'm worth it. It's fine. So, um, so I did that. And, um, you worth it, you pretty. <laughs> treat, treat yourself. Treat yourself. <laughs> so, uh, so I did that. And then, um, so then, you know, flash forward a little bit. Oh, I do want to mention this. Okay, two, two stories from, from Charlotte. Both of them tie to this really chatty Lyft driver we had. He was so cool. He was like, we, we just get in the car and he immediately just starts talking about stuff. And he talks about, you know, we, we had just gone to... Um, crap what's it called midwood barbecue which is one of the big barbecue restaurants in charlotte really really good excellent barbecue i highly recommend it the mac and cheese feels like like if it was on the uh, periodic table of the elements it would be the most chemically dense mac and cheese i've ever had eden actually couldn't handle it it was like a brick of mac and cheese i loved (laughs) it i loved it dude it just immediately sinks in your stomach it was so good and so dense but um we're, we're riding home in the lift from there and the guy's talking about that. He's like, well, if you like good food, man, there's this really cool place called Optimist Hall. And uh, so what it is, is it's it's like one of your typical kind of food court areas where there's just a bunch of awesome like local restaurants where you can go hang out. It has picnic tables and all that stuff. Almost every town has one of them these days, you know, but uh, so he says it has like the best burger my wife and I have ever had. We love that burger there. And I'm like, OK, well, we'll, we'll table that for tomorrow. So Eden and I end up doing that the next night. We go to Optimist Hall. 
We do the walk around. She ends up getting like some empanada tacos, I think. And I see this one burger place. I'm like, this has to be it. It's called Harriet's Burgers. So I get the burger and I was just, I'm just looking at it. I took a photo of it and I sent it to you. And, uh, and you were just like d- flabbergasted at how delicious. So good. It looks <laughs> so good. It, it was fantastic. It is just absolutely one of the best burgers I've ever had. Just a straight ahead, two patty, like hand shaped patty, you know, like, like beef, cheese, a little bit of Thousand Island pickles and onions, man. The shit was perfect. It was so, so good. The cheese was in the photo was just oozing out of it. And let me tell you, as a huge cheese fan, that was a huge turn on. I was like, man, I want that inside of me. I want it inside of me. Put that meat inside of me. You did say that. That's exactly what your thing was to me. But uh, so so that was fun. Um, then the second thing was that I can't remember. We were talking about beer or food or something like that. I'm like, hey, you a bourbon guy? This is to the Lyft driver the night before. So again, I'm going back the night before. And he says, how'd you know? I was like, I don't know. Just taking a guess. He's like, yeah, he talks about all this stuff. So he talks about bourbon. And he recommends a local bourbon. Um, and I, for life of me, I can't remember what it's called. I keep wanting to say Ryu, like the character from Street Fighter. But it's different. It's like, are you... I can't remember what the fuck it is. But anyway, he... So I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I can go to my local shop and get it. He's like, no, you can't. Like, we have state liquor stores here. Are you are you familiar with state liquor stores? No, no, no. Uh-uh. Okay, so some listeners listening to this right now know exactly what I'm talking about. Pennsylvania had state liquor stores, and, and North Carolina has state liquor stores. So in those states and other states where they have state liquor stores, you can only buy beer and wine everywhere in the world, like like Whole Foods, Trader Joe's, etc. You cannot buy hard liquor. You can't buy scotch, gin, vodka, any of that stuff. What they did was they created a government-sponsored monopoly of state-run oh. alcohol stores. Get out of here. Yeah. So the hours suck, generally. Um, the employees are rude because it's got that that government glow to it. And uh, and they just sort of do whatever they want. And I, I really think they do it so that lawmakers can sit around and pat each other on the back that they're somehow reducing the world's alcohol problem. You know, like, I think they're preposterous. I thought they were preposterous in Philadelphia. The best thing about living in Philadelphia was you're only across the river from Jersey when it comes to alcohol, at least on the alcohol thing. So you just go over to Jersey, buy it wherever, and then bring it back. It's technically illegal, but what are they going to do? Search you on every bridge crossing a river back into Philadelphia? Right, yeah. Yeah, Not happening. Not happening. So um, anyway, so I, I find a state store. We set everything up after, was it after Optimist? No, it wasn't after Optimist. No, it was after Optimist Hall. So we're like, okay, we'll take this lift over to the state store, right? So Eden comes in the store. Line wrapped around. It's got to be a 30-person line there because the store is about to close. Two cashiers going so slow. I end up having to like cut in front of people in line but tell them, look, I'm not cutting. I just want to look at the bourbon. So I finally find this bourbon. And I'm like, okay, this has to be the bourbon. I get in line. I wait in line for 15 minutes with Eden. We're just chilling. Get up to the counter. Somebody in North Carolina right now knows exactly how this story is going to end, right? So I get up to the counter and the woman, I say, how you doing? And the other woman's like, fine. I hate my job. Well, she didn't say that. She, she, <laughs> but, she, but she said it with her face and her attitude. She said it, she said it in so many ways. So uh, she's like, do you have ID? And I'm just being nice. I'm like, oh, you're, you're so nice. Here, here you go. I'm 50. And then she's like, and her ID? And I'm like, she doesn't have ID. She's 16. Oh, well, nobody in this store can be under 21. So I need her ID. And I'm like, she doesn't have an ID. She's 16. So I ended up, after all that time, handing the bourbon back. I couldn't buy the fucking bourbon because... Oh, what the fuck? Fuck these stores. What the hell? Yeah, yeah. And and like, I bet you, can she just go outside and pretend you didn't see my daughter? (laughs) So I said that. I basically said that. I'm like, look, I'm from out of town. I'm whatever, you know, like, can I just get this bourbon, you know? And she's like, no, no laws are laws, you know? Meanwhile, like, you know, dude, when people hate their job, they live for moments like that where they they can be an asshole to someone else. They revel in these moments where you have broken the unknown rule to you. So they're going to punish you for it because their life sucks. Yeah. Like their station in life is not good. So they're going to make you pay for it. And this is right. the little joy that they get. Exactly. So so what I ended up doing was, 
Of course, I was just like, whatever, maybe it wasn't meant to be. By the time I get back to our hotel room, I'm like, you know what? Let me see if it's online. It was online and I ended up paying a little bit more and it's going to show up at my house in a week. So like kind of like that negligible cost. The cost was less, but with shipping and and a little bit, it ends up being a couple bucks more than it would have been at the state run store. But um, but yeah, it's just like how preposterous. You know, and, and that's what I was telling Eden, because Eden was like, well, you know, maybe they're trying to do it for this and they're doing it for that. I'm like, the reason they're doing it, Eden, is because lawmakers in the middle of the state want to feel good about themselves and backslap each other that like, look at what we're doing to combat the drinking problem because of Jesus. You yeah, know, like because that Jesus told them. Yeah, exactly. It's fucking exactly. nonsense. Exactly. So, so dear citizens of North Carolina, your state is completely backwards in how it does alcohol stuff go to california someday and walk in absolutely any store and get booze you know what i mean and like and like that's not like california is not a dystopia it's the way things are supposed to be you know like it's just booze like my kid knows how her stepdad can drink responsibly so the whole thing was just freaking ridiculous I just, I, it's just crazy, right? You just got to hate people that just can't handle their liquor or their weed or whatever the case is. Whatever, whatever intake you're allowed to do in your state, the fact that there's people out there that can't handle it and they just kind of fuck it up for everyone is the worst. Yeah. Um, With that said, goddamn, if that 9% bottle is not hitting me like a motherfucker right now. (laughs) Like the best part about this episode is you got a lot of shit to unpack. Which means I just gotta sit here and drink while you're talking, <laughs> and it's been excellent, man. I feel I feel great. I'm like, uh, you know, I'm on I'm on cloud nine over here, just kind of enjoying it and just nice. like bouncing stuff off of you, and I feel good. You're and just uh, yeah, man, I'm just vibing, and and it's good. It's a good time. Awesome, awesome. Um, so so on the vibing note, I got one more thing. And so because I had so much spare time in Charlotte, I read a stack of books. That had to be shit. I don't know. Eight inches high when it all. I mean, I generally pack a whole lot of comics just because I have a comic buying problem, as listeners of the podcast know. And I love, love bringing them with me on the road. I just pack them in my bags and I try to read as many as I can. And I got through so many, dude. You know, that was what was so great about it. And so I thought that my comic spending was over. But then I finally came to those little dollar books that I had bought myself in Houston. And so there was this tiny dollar bin in one of those stores. I think it was called, it was Bedrock Comics. By far my favorite shop in Houston. It was really good. And that's where I got you your first issue of um, Decorum, right? Because they oh. had a, a dollar a dollar bin Decorum. Yep, there. yep. I and, got uh, so issue two from SoCal and I was missing yeah. that issue one. So yeah. Yeah, you got it now, We're baby. coming through. Yeah, yeah man. man. So, uh, so I, I got you that. And then I got myself a couple books. And, uh, and I read all three. And because I've bought the remaining copies to two of them. I'm going to talk about two of them. And the first one was King of Nowhere on Boom Studios. I think that's what it's called. It's written by W. Maxwell Prince, who I believe is the dude who wrote Ice Cream Man. Ice Cream Man, yep. Who writes Ice Cream Man. Mm -hmm. So I read issue one of King of Nowhere, and I was like, this book is fucking great, man. It is absolutely a bonkers... Like, person thinks they're dreaming, but they're not because they've crossed over into another strange place. And it is it is like Sandman-level fantasy in terms of just how fantastic some of the stuff is. It's like nonplussed fantastic, which is why I love the original run of Sandman so much. Um, very, very strong. So I bought that, and I was like, I need to get more of these. So I, I, I go to Midtown... They're full price. I go everywhere, blah, blah, blah. What I end up doing is I end up getting a set of all five. So I now have two copies of issue one. And um, and that'll be showing up bad. soon. Yeah. So yeah. It, it was very strong. So I do recommend that book if you like like the weird stuff. Strong. Um, and I have another thought at the end of this. The other book that I found was Lucas Stand. I think it's called Inner Demons. And for those familiar with Luke, not familiar with Lucas Stand, it's basically John Constantine, but in another comic universe. So it's the whole like guy who time. Tra- this one I think involves time traveling and demons, and that's kind of like their thing. But same thing. I read the first issue and I was like, this is really good. And I ended up tracking down two, three, and four either in an auction or through like Hip Comic, which is basically like a gathering place for a lot of individual sellers, a la eBay and. Amazon. And um, so that was really solid too. So I can recommend Lucas Stand Inner Demons as well. I thought that was really good. Um, But what going through a lot of these towns dollar bins has really showed me 
it's it's that issue ones are easy to find when it comes to a lot of these series. You know, like there were at least five, six copies of King of Nowhere number one in that Houston store. There were at least six copies of Decorum number one in that store. Zero decorum twos, zero decorum threes. I, zero I mentioned decorum this. Fours. Yeah, I mentioned this on the podcast before. The least ordered number of any series, and this is based off of my 1990 to 2000 knowledge. This is the last time I heard about this, and I think it still holds true. Issue number two is one of the hardest issues to find, and and usually most comic book runs. So it makes sense that there's an overabundance of number ones yep. because a number one is number one. Everyone wants a number one to hit. So they always order a little bit more of that one. Um, usually people forget about the series when it comes to issue two. And then they remember it. Oh, wait, I did like that series by issue three. And then they remember to put it back on their pull list or to put it on their pull list. And then uh, by that time, issue two is come and gone. So mm-hmm. that's usually the hardest issue to find if this if the series is a successful series. Yeah. So um, when you're out there and you're buying your books and you're kind of playing the comic book uh, uh, comic book sweepstakes, there, make sure you pick up a couple of copies of issue two. If mm-hmm. if you if you so are uh, particular to that type of thing, like if you're interested in that and you always buy two copies of number one, don't forget to buy two copies of number two. Yeah. Totally, totally. Again, that's I just I just went on that with uh, the Kang the Conqueror series from Marvel about half a year ago. Same thing. I couldn't find number two to save my life. Finally, one day I go in Comic Book Hideout and they just had a number two there. I was like, "Where'd you get this? I've been asking you for it." And they're like, "Oh, I forgot to put that in your bin." But yeah, so like somebody didn't want it out of their holds, and I was like, "Well, it's mine now." You know? Yeah. Sucker. So, yeah, yeah. Now it's worth exactly cover price. So look at how I <laughs> look at how I won. Um, but anyway, so, yeah, that, that was it, man. That was just like I needed to kind of empty out the chamber because we'll, we will gather fresh amounts of, of BS to talk about. But uh, but yeah, I, 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 so I appreciate you taking some time, man. Um, yeah, man. Always. Um, yeah. L- luckily, I was good to go. I didn't have anywhere to go tonight. And so, yeah, it works out. It was fun, man. It was fun just drinking a beer and letting you just kind of go off go off the rails for a while empty out the uh, tank man i just had i had so much i didn't i didn't plan on this but like i keep a notepad you know of all these things i'm like look look at this huge ass amount of things i mean we've been talking for like 55 minutes you know and uh god if i'd have tried to fit those into the back end of a bunch of episodes it just would have gone the next eight weeks and who knows what other stuff's gonna come up then you know <laughs> So yeah, exactly. Anyway, anyway. Oh, let me mention something. And maybe we'll put this at the beginning of the episode, too. That we're going to suck. I think Philly lost. I haven't even bothered to check. Don't spoil oh, yeah. it for me. Oh, I, I didn't look up that. But man, the Brooklyn Nets. Dude. 4-0 or 0-4 Dude. to the Celtics. Yes. You know, as a Lakers fan, it is hard to watch that series and go, I'm rooting for the Celtics. Yeah. But I was rooting for the Celtics. Yeah. Um, you know, we just we just got a championship, uh, what is that, two years ago now at this point. And so we tied the Celtics for the most championships in league history. And if the Celtics win this year, it'll be very upsetting. And because uh, it was just such a dumpster fire for the Lakers. And honestly, no one believed in the Celtics all year long it's like there's this young and up-and-coming team they probably need another piece and every time they try to get that that other piece it never works out yeah i mean honestly they lost terry rozier because they decided to get trade for kyrie irving it's like you should have paid terry rozier but um you know it is what it is and uh so i just wanted to say the nets suck yeah they're horrible dude i was texting my buddy my buddy who's a lakers fan about it and uh, we were just dumbfounded by how Boston sapped their will to live in game three, you know, like, and, and the, the thing we kept bugging out over was the fact that Durant only took 11 shots. You know, know, Durant is the most passive superstar that there is. Like he was on OKC forever and Westbrook was constantly taking more shots. And that's obviously not under his control because Westbrook is the point guard, like him being a forward um obviously he doesn't have the ability to go to take the ball up all the time it's always a point guard that's doing that and westbrook is a me first player which the lakers found out about this year which they should have found out because he's been in the league forever but yeah that's not new uh, news (laughs) it's not new news 
And um, he's finding that out with Kyrie. Well, Kyrie's the ball handler, so he's probably going to shoot the majority of the time. But yeah. from what I understand, uh, Durant has shied away a little bit from the moment in, in this series. And it's uh, showed showed in the win-loss column. So Yeah, yeah. And regardless of how this Sixer season ends, I'm going to paraphrase a text that I gave to my buddy Rod. Those ben of Simmons you sc- still didn't pray, uh, didn't play. <laughs> those of you scoring the Harden Simmons trade uh, should should have one hundred to zero on your scorecards in favor of the Sixers, <laughs> because Ben Simmons did not play again, and and now their season is over. So exactly zero minutes played for the Brooklyn Nets from Ben Simmons. Goodbye and good riddance. I don't care how this season ends for Philly, but I know it. I. I know how it ended for Ben Simmons. <laughs> you know? How's Harden been doing? Terrible. I mean, he can't, he, he does, he does well when he plays bad defenses, but nobody okay. in the playoffs is a bad defense. I mean, he was chucking up bricks when I turned the game off. They were down 10 when I started, when we started recording and they looked pretty listless. So if they come back and win this, then yay. Uh, this would be the game that they either won the series 4-1 because I haven't checked at the moment or it's 3-2 and going back to Toronto now. Is so, he at uh, least distributing well? Yeah, he's distributing pretty well. Okay. Um, but yeah, he's he's distributing well. He's just his shot sucks. It's like he's missing a lot of threes. Um so That's, hey. which is so so out of character for him. Yeah, yeah, it's it's strange. It's strange. Um I mean, you definitely wonder if it's in his head a little bit. But, but hey, maybe they won the game. I don't think they did because you you watch enough basketball, you're just like, "Ah, this flow just isn't good." But hey, maybe I'm wrong and I'll find out once we stop recording. So, uh anyway, so we'll see, dude. Uh but yeah, thanks thanks for hanging. The thing I wanted to mention is that this podcast is going to air right before Free Comic Book Day. And So this is going up a little bit after Aubrey, a little bit later in the week. And for those of you in the San Diego area or those within 3,000 miles, because we encourage you to drive to San Diego no matter what for our free comic book day, come by SoCal Comics. Scott and I will be tabling, we'll be chilling next to each other like we have for the last free comic book day because we have some tents and we have some tables and we're going to be kicking it all day, throwing back a beer, having a good time, enjoying some sunshine and uh, probably grabbing some free comics for ourselves. Yeah, I was going to tell you guys, uh, make sure if you stop by the booth, if you listen to the podcast, ask us what we're drinking today, because we'll be drinking. Um, Scott Lost is reliable in the sense that he always brings a cooler to SoCal Comics. It is the yeah. place where I like to hang out with my buddies, my studio mates, Keith, and just sit back, chill, bullshit, have some beers, enjoy the day, enjoy some sales, and enjoy the fans. You know, yeah. it's a it's a great it's a great show. I love SoCal Comics so much. They're my favorite show, or they're my favorite shop in town, um, and uh, they're always great to us. You know, yeah, completely the great. They have dedicated spinner racks for Invader Comics. They have an, a dedicated spinner rack for Accidental Aliens. So it's just a independent, it's a independent creator's dream for a comic shop. They're exactly. very supportive. They uh, always make sure to take care of us. They're great with ordering third party third-party comics as well as the big two so you're in no uh there is no drought of third-party comics and independent comics when you go to socal um they're just great about it it's amazing exactly exactly so uh so yeah man you know what do you want to do our handles i guess we might as well huh all right, so you can find me on Instagram at Keith underscore Invader. That is me posting writing quotes and posting cool art and uh, showing you some slices of life. And then if you just want to live in the giant monster universe, well, then you can follow me at Kadoja Kaiju, one word, on Instagram. And you can find me at Scott Lost, S-C-O-T-T-L-O-S-T, on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook.com. And I think you might be able to follow me if you go to Facebook.com and type in at Scott Lost. Or just Scott lost one word. I think I'll pop up as well. Let me know. I think it does that. And uh, only you can find out. It's a, it's a riddle. <laughs> it's a riddle. <laughs> it's a riddle. So, uh, yeah, for websites, uh, KeithRFoster.com. There is stuff on Kadoja. There is stuff on Three Protectors. There's some stuff on me. And I'm linking to articles. By the time this comes out, I haven't even written it yet, but I'm going to speak it into existence that I should have a new article on iHorrorUp about the manga translation of uh of hp lovecraft's in the mountain in the uh, sorry mountains at the mountains of madness i get that confused with in the mouth of madness the fantastic movie i love but this is hp lovecraft's 
at the Mountains of Madness. And, and uh, don't confuse that with Kadoja Volume 4 or Symphony of Madness. Symphony of Madness, exactly. Or or confuse it. Do That's it. Fine to do it. Yeah, confuse them all. Okay. Buy, buy everything and watch everything, and then you'll get some Kadoja as part of it. There it is. Boom. And you can find my books at accidentalaliens.com, Second Shift, The Tale of Minimum Wage Workers During the Day, and Superheroes at Night, and Wanders of Melisande, Anthropomorphic Dinosaurs versus Humans. A thousand years in the future, we start colonizing other planets and come across the planet Melisande, where the meteor never hit and dinosaurs of that world survived and evolved. So it's really about two dominant species trying to coexist on one planet. Keith, does that work? It never works, man. It it's never crazy. works. Yeah. Never works. Not once. That's correct. Not, not, not one fucking time has it ever worked. Mm-mm. Out of all Mm-mm. the two dominant coexisting species planets. Scenarios. Scenarios. Never worked. Never not worked. Not once. Not it's technically once. zero for zero. But that also means that it's never worked. Or, actually, we don't know that. How the we fuck don't know do that. we know that? We're not Because the meteor universe. is the ultimate, uh, you know, champion of, of all. It destroys all. <laughs> And if you like Meteors Destroying Everything, let us know at makingcomicspodcast at gmail.com. If you think the Meteor hit and destroyed a whole civilization we never even knew about. Yeah. And they're the ones that really built the pyramids. Let us yeah. know. Makingcomicspodcast at gmail.com. Or Let's if you see. have uh, ideas for, for uh, episodes, also that. So those are the two subjects that I want you guys to broach at makingcomicspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, ending civilizations with Meteors. Or uh, letting us know how we're doing here. You know what I'd like to know? I'd like to know if you've punched a meteor. I think that's fair, too. Like, a third a third possible thing is if you have, in fact, punched a meteor. I how have. did that work out? And how did it um, Well, she was a meaty whore. <laughs> um, well, she didn't, then she probably, the punch probably sank in pretty good. Right, right, right. And she said, nothing can stop the blob. And then Juggernaut came out of nowhere and said, I'm the Juggernaut, bitch. And then... Um, Great, the greatest know, bad line it. of all time. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it made okay. it to the movie. So crazy! It made it to the movie. It, they they yeah. turned it just like snakes on a plane getting rewritten. Mm-hmm. Life got rewritten for I'm the juggernaut bitch. Yeah. Uh, okay. What awful. do we need? Yeah. What do we need? <laughs> and everyone hated it. That's what's weird yeah, too. Everyone hated it. Everyone and everyone hated it. So it all worked out well for everybody. Yeah. Um, okay. Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, five stars, words, great words. Please do that. It really does help. It's the great it words, all of the words. It's all the, the best words. words. Say great words. <laughs> yeah, we, we love great words. And uh, again, it helps. Algorithms work for you. You don't work for them. And this helps put them in their place. It helps let the algorithms know who the fuck is boss. Because you're boss. You're the boss. And Tony Danza is the boss. Although there's some debate on that. It's possible that Angela was actually the boss. There is some debate. Who's the boss? Who knows? It's crazy. Um, all right, so that's it, man. Bonus episode. Hope you got your money's worth. We know you did because you didn't pay anything. And, uh, and and we'll see you next time. We'll see you in a few days with a fresh new episode. Unless you bought one of our books on our sites, then you paid something. And we appreciate that. That's worth it. Yay, yay. Yeah, yeah.